Welcome to the Short Rod Show. You're talking with Ben. And you got Brett. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We are on uh, episode five of season two. Man, we are just rehearsing that and I biffed it already. Burning and turning. We are cranking out episodes left and right here for you guys. Like uh, like we mentioned before uh, on our podcast, we're cranking them out every Sunday. They'll be out Sunday mornings at nine o'clock on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. But thanks everyone for joining us again. And what are we talking about today, Brett? Uh, Today, so we're going to stick with the gear theme, slowly start working our way up the rod a little bit, Uh, touch on ice line, and then also pairing your rods with the line or pairing the line with the rod that you have. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely different types of line, there's different actions and types of rods, um, and how do you know what to do, when to do it, and why. So when you think about uh, different things that are important, line gets overlooked a lot. Yeah, when it comes to ice fishing, I and know. it's probably one of the more important aspects. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what's tying you to your fish. Yep. If I was gonna put it, <laughs> if I was gonna put it on a list, I'd go lure, line, rod action. Re- I don't. I wouldn't even put reels on the list. Yeah. I don't think, but lit then reel. Yep. Yeah, on down the line. So, <laughs> yep. So to speak. Yep. So excellent. Well, that's that's a good topic. I know we've been we've been wanting to discuss line for a while and just trying to figure out how to approach it. Yep, it's pretty intimidating. Yeah, there's yeah. Again, when we're back at Fleet Farm and you're looking at the big wall of different types of line, how do you know what to get, where to go, why to get it, that sort of stuff. Yep, absolutely. Um, I know we were talking about a little bit when you when you first got here, but the old uh, Vexlar guys are at it again, talking lithium batteries. Oh yeah. Yeah, they got some sort of special customized lithium battery that they run that, I mean, somehow is different than every other battery. Yeah, but right off the bat, he said they're basically all about the same, except theirs is different except because you can better. use a, a lead-acid charger, the standard charger. <laughs> yeah, so um, so what you're telling me here, <laughs> his name's Gary Zdanko? No, what's that guy's name? Tom. Tom. Yep. So what you're telling me here, Tom, is you spent time... So I'm I'm supposed to buy a fifty dollar product, fifty to a hundred dollar product mm-hmm. that has been built for a what ten dollar charger. Mm-hmm. We can give a shit less about this charger guy, but he's pumped up about the charger. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. So yeah, get if you guys get a chance on YouTube, go check out Vexlar's channel. And they were going way into the weeds on how to hook it up, how to charge it, how to use yep. it. You know the differences on it, and just is very interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's just some good info in there, but also there's a, yeah, the production is hilarious. But it's really interesting this year. I mean, lithium is all over the place. Yeah. Everybody has Oh, and the prices are coming down so fast. Oh my gosh. Some of those Black Friday sales are coming out and Mm -hmm. it's really good deals. So uh, if you guys are thinking about making the switch over over to lithium, it makes a huge weight difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're lugging all your stuff in a backpack out on the ice- Having something with a lithium battery versus lead acid yep. will save you a lot of weight. Yeah, for me, the the thought that I'm going through right now, it's not, you know, whether I should get lithium. It's what's the best battery route to go, whether I want to go with the tool batteries, my drill battery, or whether I want to buy a designated actual lithium battery. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where, because those designated regular lithium batteries are quite a bit cheaper than the than the drill batteries, but those drill batteries have a lot more uses than just the... Yep. And we were talking a little bit, too, earlier on uh, how cold weather affects lithium batteries. Mm -hmm. So you have your lithium iron phosphate batteries, like 
a Dakota Lithium, an Amped Outdoors, the Markham, Markham, the Vexlar batteries, and then you have your Lithium Ion batteries, which would be like in your augers, in your drills, um, yeah, your Dewalt, you know, your cell phone, all your that Bosch, stuff. And I'm wondering Ryobi. what what that means for extreme cold temps, because we do run into that yeah. a little bit with the Dewalt batteries, where you get well below zero and it cold soaks for a while. Yep. Uh, maybe outside your shelter on your drill or whatever. And they're um, shot. And they're shot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You get a lot less output out of them. But you then again, you warm them up a little bit and they work fine. So another thing I wondered with that too, is that the, is that the computer management system that's mm-hmm. in there? Or is it the actual batteries where those ions are slowing down? True. Or is it the management system that's telling it, hey, we're cold. Maybe we need to start slowing down here a little bit. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's a good question. Because I know uh, lithium batteries, you're not supposed to charge below zero. Yeah. You know, it's like a, the disrupts a chemical reaction. In yep. them, so, yeah, they're just something interesting talking, talking uh, battery technology. But I know, um, well, we saw today Shields will have their, their Black Friday sale on the lithium shuttle for Markham, 150 bucks. Yeah, that's a deal. That is a good deal. Yeah. You're talking about something that's 12 amp hours and plug your stuff in. Oh, free oh pa- is it 12 free, amp hour? I didn't yeah. know what the house, what size those Free were. power cable and a and free a like little swivel light. Yeah. yeah. That little light's kind of handy. Yeah, a little gooseneck kind of charge up your your jig light so but then they've also got what 50 bucks off the markham lithium batteries yeah yeah Yeah. so the 10 amp hour would be 50 bucks that's a pretty good deal when normally 100 yep uh so yeah when i say the price on these things are coming down like crazy that's that's huge because i want to say last year probably the year before a 10 amp hour battery would have been like 150 200 yep see Um, what what gets me i don't know how proven they are from these other brands are they just all buying them from the same company and slapping a different sticker on I don't or know. You talk about like the D- Dakota Lithium, right? They've been making them forever. Yep. They're very well known. They're a little more spendy, but. Yeah, I'm curious if they're just starting to get undercut or if they're actually better. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my knowledge of normal batteries, so like your car batteries and stuff, those are all just basically they just get different stickers slapped on them. They're all, they're, they're just so harsh to the environment. It's only one company yep. that makes them and then they just slap the different stickers on them. So I don't know. To me, that's, I don't know for sure, but I feel like that's probably the, the case for your Lithium also. Yep. Because, yeah. Do you remember the uh, group buys on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone would In-depth just go outdoors in. had them also. Dakota Lithium would have, you know, a 100 battery discount, you know, save five extra mm-hmm. dollars off an order of 100. Yep. You get 100 people coming together just ready to crank them out. Buy a bunch of them. Buy them all up. You don't really need that anymore. <laughs> Divvy it all up with Venmo or whatever. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. Cool. Well, a little off topic on the on the battery subject, but... Yeah, if you guys have new coming on. Yeah, if you guys have thoughts on it, you know, post up on Facebook, send us a few uh, messages about it. Really like the comments on on our Facebook page and get get some other people involved in it. Yeah, you know, um, questions through email are great, but then again, it's just we get to answer them, and that's oh, about it. No one else sees fine. them. So, yeah, stay interactive. That's what we're trying to push for this season um, to get in touch with our fans since we're spread around all over the country. So. Yep. Keep it coming. Keep the comments rolling. We appreciate that. So, yeah, we'll talk some line coming up next on The Short Rod Show. Hey, Ben. So I've got this buddy that's trying to start a small business, but he's having a real tough time with his digital footprint and just trying to figure all that out. Do you know anybody that could help him out? Well, I think I do. I know uh, a couple cool guys at this company called Evergrow Marketing, and they really specialize in helping landscape and lawn care companies maximize their digital footprint and basically bring customers to them, help them get found on the internet. Really? I mean, they'll work with any business, 
Um, they're really looking to expand. And if you tell them that Ben and Brett sent you from the, the Short Rod Show, you can get it 10% off your first order. Really cool. If you're interested in the Evergrow Marketing team and what they have to offer, check them out on evergrowmarketing.com and tell them Ben and Brett from the Short Rod Show sent you. You know, Brett, I was poking around on Facebook the other day and I could just not find the Short Rod Show. What's the deal? Oh, you just got to punch us in on Google. What do you mean? We show up on Google already? Oh, yeah. The Evergrow team hooked us up. Holy cow. That's awesome. Yeah. Good deal. I'll try that now. Yeah, right. You just punch in Short Rod Show and we'll come up on our website, shortrodshow.com. It'll come up on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Awesome. So people can find us all over now. Yeah, all over the internet. That's great. We're also on Instagram, too. I've been trying to keep up with that. Posting some cool pictures. When we're out on the ice, you can check us out there, too. Yeah. Sweet updates. Awesome. Check us out, guys. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us through the break. Uh, Today, we are talking about different types of fishing line. Yep. And it can be kind of intimidating, the amount of fishing line available. You got all your different brands, all your different pound tests. Different types of line. All kinds of everything. So we're just, we're laying it all out there, giving our opinion on uh, how to pick different types of line, how to know when to use different types of line. Yep. Uh, maybe, Brett, start by going through what the different types of line we're familiar with. So you got, there's three main types of line where you got your monofilament, your fluorocarbon, and braid. Now, there's some, recently there's been some, some blurriness in those where they come mm-hmm. out with this coated braid or they come out with uh, some sort of different polymer that makes it... Uh, uh, off the top of my mind, there's like that nanofill that's like some sort of braided polymer or something like that. That that's interesting. Yeah, yep. uh, that's it's supposed to be invisible, but then have less stretch, but also be super uh, abrasion resistant. Um, but so I'm not going to get into those the gray areas. I'm just going to mostly stick with the mono. We're going to keep it relatively yeah, simple. Mono mono monofilament fluorocarbon braid. Yep. So monofilament. Gives you more stretch, and I believe it is that the one that floats or fluoro floats? Mono floats. Mono floats. Yep, that's what I was no. thinking. Yes, it does. Yep. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> yep. So you end up, so yep. monofilament, the key features are it has some stretch. Yep. It'll float, kind of. It's a floating line, anyways, but it also has a lot of memory where yep. you'll end up with it, with coils and problems and stuff like that. Yep. You guys with the spinning rods will know what that means. I was going to say, you never run into that. Nope. It just pulls right off the schoolie. Yep. Smooth. Yep. <laughs> Boy, you stretch it out a little bit, then you lose that coil, and yep. then you're good to go. Yep. Uh, fluorocarbon, the reason you'd go with that is no, less stretch, quite a bit less stretch. Yep. Nearly invisible in the water, and very abrasion resistant. hmm And then braid. And it sinks. And it sinks. Yeah, it's a sinking yep. line. And then braid um, is a completely different deal where it's some abraded fiber. Um Real tough. Very tough, very durable, very strong, um, but is also visible in the water, uh, tendency to ice up um, to a point where, so the problem with the braid is that I see, and the, the reason I don't really use it, is that you'll get water within that braided fiber, and then like your your whole line just becomes like an icicle where it doesn't even yeah. turn, where I mean, you'll get ice on the other lines, but you can just pull it right off and it's not not, yeah. the, not a big deal where... Yep. Braid, I mean, at one some point it gets even difficult to reel. So, yeah, and braid, what's good, you know, braid in the summertime, fantastic. Use yep. it all the time. Yep. You know, it really helps with your bite detection, hookup. Oh, and no stretch. Yeah, absolutely no stretch. Yep. Um, you know, 
The only thing that I don't use it for would be on my light rod fishing crappies. Yeah. You know, you want a little extra stretch to to actually provide the hook set instead of just ripping, ripping it out of their mouth right away. Yep. Um, but yeah, definitely agree. The, the, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, the, the, uh, braid that I tried was the coated, uh, ice tech from uh, power pro. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it was maybe 20 degrees outside. So we're not talking super cold, but it has so much water beating off that line. As soon as you break past that coating on it, it was like a waxy kind of mm-hmm. coating they put on the braid. As soon as you break off of that, as soon as you get some water in there, it just soaks in and it becomes stiff as a board. Yep. You know, you're you're reeling in and busting ice chunks everywhere. Yep. Freezing on your eyelets like crazy. And it just carries all that water up up your line all the way into your eyelets and all the way into yep. your... Yeah. I mean, maybe we're doing something wrong because, I mean, you do see... Uh, and maybe it's a sponsorship thing for these other folks. I'm not for sure. But, I mean, you do see other people promoting, hey, we use braid on our ice, la- ice rods, um, primarily inside the shack. Yeah. Uh, helps with holes, yep. you know, around your hole so you don't get worn off uh, while you're fishing with the when the fish are spinning in the hole and your line's just running along the bottom of that hole and wearing on it. Um, that's really where yeah. people advertise it as. But, yep. frankly, I've never had that problem. I've never had an issue where mono or fluoro has been worn off at the hole and a fish i lose a fish because of it Mm -hmm. now you you know that there's something to be said too about changing your line out every so often i'm not the kind of guy that changes it every season necessarily but i never used to do that and then you wonder why the last 30 feet of your ice you know line is shot shot, or you break off at the hole or you lose a fish that you think probably shouldn't have lost you know so a lot of rods hold a lot of a lot of line that you don't really use. Yep. At the very least, just yank off, you know, 20, 30 Strip yards. Strip it off, clip it off, and yep. keep going. Yep. Yep. Retie. Yep. That, that's something to be said about that. Because I didn't, I wasn't a believer of that right away. Yeah. And then you do actually start getting a few nicks into mono or, you know, your floral gets worn through and gets thin and yep. you get, a, get a nice bass or a catfish bite and she's gone. Yeah. Yep. But. Uh, a lot of guys use the braid to braid tied onto a floral leader. Yeah, you know to get get that invisibility back. Still doesn't solve the problem though of icing up. Yep, but if you're inside a shack then and you're keeping it pretty warm, yeah, maybe it'll be all right. It's yeah. just we're back and forth so much. Yeah, I don't have a specific way. shack rod. Uh, I mean, all my rods are coming in and out of the shack. They're all going with me. I yep. don't. I don't keep them separate like that. So. Yep. I run all monofilament silt filament on mine i yeah. don't know exactly do you run all mono on yours ben or i have mostly mono but then i do have that i do have that braided rod still oh you still have that and i still thing. have that set up somewhat for the ifish pro just oh, because yeah. it, you're kind of tied to that i mean yeah you have a bobber stop in there yep um that you're dealing with but when you're fishing really light presentations it's a pain in the butt having a bobber stop yeah um, little knot tied in your in your line so i usually just leave that spooled up and i'm good yeah and so what size are you using uh, i think pound that test. was i think i went with eight pound even no i don't care about the braid just in general oh oh that that's usually i'm usually between two to three two to three pound so mono maybe four mono right mono yeah yep yeah usually suffix suffix ice yeah you got a hard on for the suffix, don't ice you? magic yeah and this year they have their suffix ice Suffolk advanced ice. Advanced ice. Yeah. The copolymer you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I may try that. But that stuff I'm just not as familiar with the science on. Five thousand percent more expensive than mono. Oh yeah, they're way more expensive, which is crazy. Yeah, you know, braid is a lot more expensive than mono, but I think yep. the suffix ice advance is going to. Well, be it's been around forever. Pricey too. So yeah, yeah, and that's something where I don't really see a lot of benefit in spending a ton of extra money online. No, you know, versus versus just normal yep. types of line. Your suffix regular. And I don't know how they how they distinguish ice line versus regular line. That'd be um, a good question. I think they try to put something on there to help prevent ice up. I mean, obviously, eventually it wears off, but I think that's what they try to do. You think it's like coated in something? Yeah. Like some Pam cooking spray? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Some grease? Yeah. No, nah, I'm not sure Just exactly, but I think different. that's what they try. I think that's how they try to distinguish between the two is that sort of stuff. But, but no, I, oh, no, I, I think don't. it's a genius marketing if they're doing that, and they probably don't even change it very much. But just because you can sell... A huge spool in the summertime, like 300 yards of suffix, yep. you know, regular mono, like three pound, four pound mono. And it's like six bucks. Yeah. Then you cut that down and make a 50 yard spool. Yeah. That, that's ice, what I was going to say about the ice stuff. And it it's like 50 six yard spools. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just genius. You know. So there's something to be said about yeah. that too. I don't know how much different it actually is. And actually I still have one spool up with four pound advance suffix. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I just run that as a control. I mean, that's what I run is three pound pretty well for across the board. Uh, yeah, I think I've got a couple spooled up with the suffix advance. I think that's what most of mine are spooled up now, but I did try yeah. some with the clam frost, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I do like about that is it's it's metered out so it, it's clear, and then it's got a little section of like orange, and then it'll be clear again for like a foot, and then it's got a foot of orange and a foot of clear. Oh, okay. Help. Set your depths and find set your depths, and then you can kind of see the, you can see the line a lot easier. Um, and then yep. what I do with that is I just make sure if I retie, I clip off the orange, and I'm tying to a foot of clear okay. line. Yep. And then if I have to retie, I'll just cut yep. two cut foot off, off or foot. cut off whatever, and then make sure that I'm always tied onto the clear portion rather than the orange portion. But yeah, I do like that. It is nice being able to see that in the hole because some of that when you get into some finer diameter oh, lines, yeah. they're they're tough to see, man. Absolutely. Yep. And then you look at the different colors that are out there to you mm-hmm. what's your preference on color do you have one uh, i mean my preference on color is clear uh but i mean for a lot of years like you got your schoolie sitting in front of you here that it comes on that neon green <sighs> shit that stuff's probably six or eight pound line mm-hmm. yep uh, rope <laughs> i've used that for a lot of years without ever changing it out and yep. caught fish just fine um but yeah I, I usually try to go clear but it does make it a pain in the butt retying mm-hmm. it's tough yep and and I like clear too, just because I can kind of see the quality of water too that we're fishing mm-hmm. off it. If I'm pulling my last, you know, ten feet up the yep. hole, and the the line is just stained, yep, you know, brown, yep. Like, oh, okay, all right, and I can see what we're dealing with down there. Yeah, and then another thing to consider. Uh, so I, I mean, I do like that suffix advance, but another thing to consider would be ice or line diameter. Oh yeah. So what you can run into is. That specific pound test, so say we're talking three-pound test, some companies will have their their diameter of that three-pound will be different. Um, and really what you want is the thinnest diameter that you can get in the pound test that you want. Um, and just make sure, yeah, check that out. So if you're looking yep. to zero in or you're wondering, well, what should I look for? What should I get? Um, before I would even think about brands, I would decide what size, what pound test I want and then start comparing diameters. Yeah. And that that comes into play a lot, I I think, in the summertime when you're trying to figure out how much you can fit on a spool and you're undersizing your spool and getting some wider 
heavier line that's you want the smallest diameter. For me, I don't. Think oh, you're thinking braid with different with the small well, diameter and braid, braid or or mono too, because there is a big difference on those. Some, oh yeah, how much you can put on? Have, yeah, it'll be like I don't know, point zero zero eight millimeters, and then yeah. another four pound test is like point one two. Yeah. Well, I guess with the with the size diameter, I wasn't necessarily thinking about how much I could put on the spool. As what I was thinking of when I'm fishing, if I'm fishing heavily pressured the action, fish, yep. that they're not, there's a less likely chance that they're going to detect that line. Yep. Um, the thinner diameter it can get. Yep. Yeah, and plus it gives you, it gives you a little bit more of of an, of an advantage weight wise when yep. you you it affects your presentation. Yep. Oh, definitely. If it's going to be a very light line versus a heavier. Yep. And then, yeah, like I'd mentioned earlier, that the mono it'll coil up on you a little bit as you send it down. That's that's really where it comes into play of pulling the line out of your reel don't just flip your so if you're running a spinning reel on your ice rod don't just flip that bale and let it drop out because then you end up with all that coiling where what i do and i mean i just have to with the schoolies but any other open face reel i do is i just set the drag down a little bit and i pull it out as i drop it especially for that first drop dang because then you, otherwise you first get drop coil. of the season or first drop of the first trip. drop of the day oh okay. or whatever all right that, that way you make sure you always rip it out um and it's always straight you don't have to worry about a bunch of coiling in the line as it's going down wow Especially if you're running those light jigs. That's true. If you're running heavier jigs, that's the that's the value of running the heavier jigs that keeps your line straighter and tighter so you can detect your bite a little bit better. Um, but if you're running real light jigs that don't weigh enough to really pull that coil mm-hmm. out, um, yeah, you can miss really miss some strikes then. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. That'll get you in trouble. Yep. But then that's where the fluoro comes in handy. Yeah, fluoro is good for that. Because it, it, it still has some memory, but not nearly as bad. A lot more expensive, too. Oh, yeah, it's a lot more expensive. We're talking just straight cheap, buy the schoolie line. Well, it just comes with it. You don't buy it. You can probably buy it somewhere, too. I've looked. I don't think you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just it's probably six-pound <laughs> trilene anyway. Exactly. Trilene, yeah. They just bought a 10,000-yard spool mm-hmm. back in the day, and they still been that's exactly. spooling it up ever That's since. exactly probably what it is. Yeah, that, that schoolie line, I mean, we have some right here with us, and it's... uh. It's pretty stiff. It's pretty stiff. I've never stiff. had a problem with a breaking before. Yeah. I've I've had schoolies that I've ran for three or four or five years that never changed the line out and never had a problem with the line breaking. How much do they spool a schoolie with? I have no idea. Maybe probably 50 yards. I say it doesn't look like very much ever, but no. works good. takes a while to pull out 50, 50 yards worth of line. Did you, uh, on a side note, did you watch the uh, Fur Hat Ice Tour? Which one? The first one where they're out on the little ponds fishing yeah, schoolies. Catching perch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. The world's smallest fish. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That was cool. Yeah. If you guys aren't Stephen Ranella fans, go check out his, his stuff. The Fur Hat Ice Tour on YouTube is pretty yeah. entertaining. Das Boat. Not a lot to learn, but it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Just well produced. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their production value has gone through the roof now yeah. since. And they recently always do like a little bit, little bit of cooking at the end. It's yep. pretty cool. Yeah. They like to tie that in. The, did you watch the one up where they're in the middle of nowhere in Montana? On yeah. The yeah, their uh, fish finding skills are <laughs> a little bit desired. Uh, I know that feeling. They get all the way out here, like 20 miles out, and drill a hole, and it's like a foot and a half deep. Yep. Yep. And they're just way out in the middle of nowhere, in the, out, in the yep. middle of the lake. Yep. There's nothing out there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Pretty cool. <laughs> well, moving on, let's talk a little bit about how to match up your line with your Yep. Your presentation, your reel, your rod and your reel. Um, yep. So for me, there's a reason I put mono on my schoolies. Okay. Is because if you're familiar with a schoolie rod, they're about as stiff as a, as a pool cue. Yeah, and they get stiffer um, as you get shorter. Yep. You got a good 10-inch example here that yep. is 
pretty so, stout. I mean, your bite, detec- your, your bite detection comes off that little bite indicator. Yep. Is That's purely what it is. Everything else is there to set the hook. And if you're running fluoro or braid, it's just there's no stretch. And, I mean, um, you'll rip out the hook out of their mouth a lot more often. Or if you have the mono, then that's where your stretch and your play comes from. Yep. Um Allows you to fight that fish a little Plus bit Plus your award-winning drag system on there. You can let hey, man, it's all about. Go. It's all about, uh, I mean, I I do use it. Oh, yeah. You would probably, you'd have to. That thing is stiff as a freaking board. Yep, yep. And that really requires some feel when yep. you're using the drag on the on the schoolie, which is just a nut that you tighten down on so a spring. Like holding your thumb against it, kind of feeling the spool yeah, going yeah, in and out? Yeah, I'll just kind of hold my thumb on the spool. And then if I think, if the, if the fish is, because re- I really play it a lot with the rod in my arm. You know, I'll pull it up. And then start reeling it. If it starts fighting, I'll let it back down. And then if I get close to the hole, I'll let go of the reel or re- let go of the spool, mm-hmm. let it re- rip a little bit with my thumb on it. Um, but yeah, that's where all your you that's go. where all your play and all your fight comes from is out of the stretch out of the mono on a schoolie. Um, but where you can get into some other rods that you're running, like a bullwhip or something like that, you got more fight within the rod. Oh yeah. Then running mono is not quite as important. Then maybe you'd want to think about going to fluoro uh, just for better bite detection. Uh, yep more abrasion resistant that sort of stuff yeah and and i think it gets more important to run braid or fluoro the deeper you fish too i mean we're not talking lake trout fishing where we're fishing at 60 70 100 feet where you know the buoyancy of your deep for us would be like 30 feet yep and with with 30 feet of line out you're not getting nearly the amount of stretch as you would you're at 60 or 100 feet of mono definitely that's when you're really there's still a lot of stretch coming out of 30 feet of mono Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a lot of stretch. Yep. I've got that tied up on one catfish rod, and you can't. I've backed up probably a good twenty feet trying to pull out a snag, and I didn't stretch that <laughs> it far. It stretched twenty feet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just re- lifting up to the top of your of your no. stretch. You're just backing up. I just back up straight, <laughs> trying to break it off of a what snag. What test were you using? Like 10? it's probably thirty. Thirty, 30 or forty pound, pound mono. mono. Yeah, it's probably thirty or forty pound. On mono. one of these schoolies or what? No catfish rod. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking on the ice. No, 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 Whew. no, 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 no. That's stuff I can break with my hand. All right. That makes more sense now. Yeah. All right. Back yeah. on track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, you know, for me, I'm usually fishing mono, but I'm setting that up when we're fishing shallow panfish waters. Yeah. And I'm using either a noodle rod or I'm using a bullwhip tuned yep. up custom rod that functions is kind of a hybrid of a noodle. Well, rod. what's the difference? So what's your consider? What do you consider a noodle rod? To me, a noodle rod is straight fiberglass. That's what gives it its its action, where it can bend. It, it can double over basically. It's right? bending all the way back at yes. the, the the bend you point is all the way the back handle, at the handle, all the way all the way forward. Yeah. Where like a bullwhip, it bent its bend point is like three eyelets back, three and a half mm-hmm. eyelets back from the tip. And, where yeah, and your noodle I, rod goes all the way back to. If the I'm handle. not mistaken, the bullwhip does have a fiberglass. That's a fiberglass type tip i have no idea i don't know it's definitely different than the other part of it but you have your carbon you know graphite type material at the bottom to give you your power and a noodle rod has very little power to it (laughs) if you're setting the hook on a on a big fish it's going to double all the way back and you're still going to be pulling on it so but when the bite gets really really tough that bullwhip is a little bit too heavy anyway for real tough you mean as far as like the tip Yes. You're not getting the bite indication that you're looking for? Yep. Yeah. Whereas a noodle rod, I think, here, hold up the other rod there. We got a, it's like a 22-inch fray yeah, bill. She's, she's short. It's, yeah, 22-inch ultralight. Yep. yep. And that that is a, 
That's a noodle rod. Yeah. I mean, that thing's bending all the way back at the handle. Yeah. When you bend, you take the tip in your hand and you bend it back to the reel. Um, you can see how far back it, yep. where it starts to bend at. So I normally run the four pound on the bull whip and then I'm running one pound on that freight bill. And that's where, when you were talking about pulling the, pulling the line off. Yep. That's where you want, you don't do that. Thing. Well, You'll break it. you got, yeah, I break it a lot because yeah. <laughs> one pound is not very much. No, if your drag's fair. sticking a little bit, it doesn't take much. So, yep. But that's with an inline reel too. So you want to talk a little bit about, we could touch on line twists a little bit and different reels? types of reels. So to me, the only advantage, the only reason I would ever even consider buying an inline reel is if I'm having line twist problems. Otherwise I think they're junk. Yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're pretty, they can be gimmicky. Uh, yeah. Well, the icing up problem is a huge problem. And also at least the ones I've ran, they don't have a click on their drag. Yes. So how do you know when the drags, how do you know how tight your drag should be when you can't hear the line going out? Yeah. The drag is not, not great, but they're also usually cheaper built reels too. I feel like, yeah. I mean, you got your black Betty 60, 61, whatever yep. the free fall. They're yep. a little bit better, but still. You run into a lot of issues. You got an icing, pro- icing up problem, major mm-hmm. ice up problems with those. And mm-hmm. if you change baits and you got a lot of different weight, if you change baits that have very contrasting weights, like yep. one's really light and then you go to a real heavy one, you'll have over spool problems and then yep. you'll start having some bird nest things and the ice up. And I mean, granted, the schoolie rod isn't technically an inline reel or the schoolie reel is technically an inline reel. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I've got mine honed for the drag system to have a little squeak to it. I. I'm well aware. <laughs> so that when you let it go, you can hear how fast the squeak's going and you know how fast and the that, drag's running. So this rod here is my own rod that's, you know, needs a little work too, yeah. but with the indicator, but that one doesn't squeak. You you have to well, do Well, that's that. why. That's probably why you haven't been able to use the drag. Have yeah. you ever used the drag on a school? I don't know bed? if I've ever even really fished that one. I can't even tell you the last time I fished it. I probably that's tied that jig on there and here she sits as a desk ornament. That's a terrible shame. <laughs> but you have to be pulling that all apart, Brett, putting some sand in there or something. And just getting it to squeal. Because they don't come like that from the factory. They have a, the, yep. just the smallest touch of oil on there from the factory. That yeah, no, yeah. Just putting miles and miles. Miles. On, I miles, put miles on that on baby. Them. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, they've been in some harsh conditions. But Brett's just reeling to in. To me, that's that. what I just don't like the inline reels. I don't. Yeah. The, the, the free fall is nice with the drop lever. Yeah. But like you said, you have to have it tuned right where... I don't use that with extremely small jigs because it's impossible. It's then not going to. It's not going to yep. feed out like it should. Yep, and nope. it works better with you know your spoons and jigging wraps and things like that. But it's still not. Yeah, not all that. Not for. I think they're like seventy bucks. No. Nah, yeah, I'd rather go with this, the the uh, yeah open face reel than at that point. Yep. But I'm a big Okuma fan reel. with that same R10. Dude, I like Oku- Okuma. Has taken over all my reeling. Yeah. My fishing reel yeah needs. we're fanboys now yeah but but it's got the extra long handle on it you can use it with gloves what are you no problem about here the okuma oh yeah 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 on my other yep whip down there and it they just work really well i mean they're smooth and they're relatively cheap yeah they're 35 bucks so yeah so at least the folks that i run with that ben and i run with are real fanboys of fluger initially and i've fluger always and, ran fluger yeah. well shimano also and, uh, i've never run yeah. i have a shimano reel but i've I've, I've, I know the Fluger brand a lot better. Mm-hmm. And like you got the, the Triton and the President reels. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's nice is those Okuma, those Samars, they're the, they have the bell bearings and they have all the features of the President at the, trialing, mm-hmm. at the uh, Triton price. Tag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's what really sold me out. And they look cool being all black. Yeah, black and red is kind of slick. Yep. yep. 
That's what sold me on the reels. Yep. Is there anything else? You're the one who fishes more with reels than I do. Well, uh, if you are having line twist problems, it's like you said, um, you can stretch your line out a little bit. Mm -hmm. The first drop of the day, yeah, you're probably going to have some memory to it. Um, But maybe, you know, you need to downsize your your fishing line because I see a lot of guys still that are, you know, oh, well, I might catch a eight-pound walleye, so I'm going to put eight-pound That's all the drag. You just need to adjust your drag at that point. Uh, If you're doing that, you're going to have freaking rope on your on your reel that's going to just coil up in a huge rat's nest yeah because the heavier line you get the more it coils plus when it's cold out i mean yeah your 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 line's going from being in your truck warm getting super cold and then yeah that you know, temperature it's, change it's plastic so yep. it's going to have some memory to it but that's why i'm curious on this uh suffix ice advance steve what kind of memory it's got yeah still probably just do with either a three or four pound yeah size but so do you have a lot of problem with line twist you're talking about memory no, versus line twist are two different not, things. Well, not since I switched to the suffix ice. That's that's been no good. line twist problems. No, nice. I mean a little bit, but like I said, when the bite's really tough and I'm worried about line twist, I'm fishing the inline reel. Well, with, why? What's the problem with line twist? Why don't you want line twist in the first place? Fish do not process something spinning around. They they don't have it in their little brain what's to spinning figure around? out a jig. I'm or trying to get a you spoon. down to the basics of what line twist is here, Ben. I'm trying to just feed you into it. Well, you don't want that jig job, spinning. You don't want I'm that jig spinning it. in the in the water. <laughs> exactly. Well, I was getting there. The fish, the fish can't figure out what this thing is spinning around because that's not natural at all. There's nothing yep. in nature that's sitting there just spinning spin around, around one way and then spinning around the other way. Yeah. Um, and it gets worse as you get deeper. Yep. You know. Now, if you jig it, it it'll stop spinning. Your jig will. Usually, yeah. But yep. if you just leave it sitting there, kind of like a dead stick or yep. something like that, yeah, your your jig down there, you don't know it. But it's just spin it. Yeah, and that's where having a camera comes in handy because you'll see the fish behavior on the camera versus you may see it on the on the flasher, but you might interpret it different. Well, you might be able to see the jig spinning down there. Oh, you can, yeah, Yeah. yep. But if you see your jig spinning and you see a fish come up on the camera and it looks at it, and while your jig's sitting there spinning, yeah, it'll dart off and yep. Okay, well, hey, that's why. Yep. Uh, Otherwise, you might say, oh, that was probably just a that was a catfish or that was a yeah, it was something else. Didn't that was a bass? He didn't care. So. I've I've been guilty of that before. That's where having actual eyes on it, that knowing what's going on. Yep. Yep. That that makes you a lot better fisherman. Yep. So that are like you said, using a fish tank and testing the action of your lures. Oh yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to do some work on yeah. that with the column. We I could bought. fit a nice aquarium right in here. Well, about that water column, we don't need that water column. What the yeah, I told you about that vase. It's like twelve inches tall. <laughs> oh, the it's got like five inches, and you can just. <laughs> Jig your jigs you in it. You aren't using its technical name, the water column. Yeah. <laughs> we got a name. It cylinder, I guess, <laughs> is what I could call it. The water cylinder. Yep. But, yeah. This so, kind of interesting watching some of the baits. Oh, you don't yeah. get as much side-to-side action as some of those baits are capable of, but yep. you definitely get the up and down. You can tell if they're wanting to go off the side. Yeah, or, you can tell a lot of times yeah, they'll start hitting the good. side of the glass, see yep. what's going on. But yep. yeah, that's good. That's important. But, yeah, definitely uh, there's a lot to line, and that's where... Like I feel like when I first started ice fishing, I just I just ran whatever. Yep. Whatever Any the combo fish. came with. Yep. You know, it was You just didn't know any better whether the cheapest it stuff out ever. Or not. I broke a lot of stuff. Yep. And you know, drilling around your hole, like I was constantly trying to keep fish from going down off to the side and, you know, afraid mm-hmm. of breaking off cuz the line was so terrible. Yep. You know, so that's one thing, you know, I'm not afraid to spend a little money on line. Yep. Like name brand line. Yeah. You know, versus the Fleet Farm brand or the whatever, 
whatever came on your combo. Like, I'm okay spending some money online. Yep. And think of that up fast. Oh, yeah. Crap. Especially, yeah, when you're buying floor or braid. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, there's guys that are changing their line twice a year, Mm -hmm. once a season. They're fishing a little harder than we do. Oh, my gosh. Well, we might be out there fishing here sometime. I don't think we're ever going to fish this year. We do have to predict when we're going to get ice here. Never. We're supposed to do that last seat. I'm going to say January 2nd. Oh, my gosh. Seriously? (laughs) I can't wait that long. There's no way. We're going to go crazy The 10-day doesn't look good for us, bud. I'm still going to, I'm going to stick with December 18th. I'm also starting to think we're going to have to expand our radius for our fishing trip. Yeah, we probably will have to. <laughs> I don't think even think those guys, yeah, six hours north of us isn't, aren't going to have ice. I know uh, on Facebook I saw today, I think, northern, northern Minnesota, they're up. And Bought of course, area. Yeah, of course, like Lake of the Woods and up around there, they're out Red Lake fishing has, and I've breaking through. Has, but I've seen Red Lake has ice. But I think and they'll have people out walking out by Thanksgiving, yep. which is normal. Yep. Yeah. But that's a hell of a long way. That's up a there. that's a good trip up there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are, are we talking on our dates? Are we talking fishable ice or just ice? You're talking January ice ice here in Iowa, where ponds in, are in capped over. Yep. Ponds are capped over in Ankeny. Like we can fish it? No. You're saying January third for just iced over ponds? Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe fishable. <laughs> I guess now that I think about it. Yeah. Okay. Fishable ice. Makes me feel better. Oh, my gosh. I think it'll be after the new year now. December 18th. That's what I'm shooting for. December 18th. We're just going to have a dive in the weather. Just global warming is going to kick us in the shorts and take Maybe. us cold. That's what I mean. That's what I was hoping for, but I don't think it's going to happen now. I think we got to figure out a way to keep talking on here without fishing. We'll just yeah. be wannabes. It really makes us feel like makes you feel like we're just a bunch of wannabes Everyone and we can't fish. Everyone else fishing and we're yeah. just sitting here in the in the studio talking about it. Yeah. Just scratching about it. Yeah. <laughs> Holding our rods in the hand, in our in the office here, just practicing our jig. Yep, just playing with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the old schoolie rod and the bull whip, and we got a the noodle rod. Yeah, the fray bell. It's a good demonstrator rods. I'm trying to think of what else. Nothing else really comes to mind online, anyways. Yeah, the the main thing that was surprising to me was I was super pumped about using braid on the ice. And there's total letdown, like the biggest letdown, letdown I've ever had yeah. with equipment. Uh, something I was really pumped about that I know works well in the summer. It's like, yep. man, braid is awesome, you know, and I'm ready to uh, spool a whole lot, reel up with it, toss it down, and yep. it's 20 degrees and just stiff as a Could board. you imagine the complete disaster it would be putting braid on your inline? <laughs> oh, man. Inline like black fall. bed, free fall. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe people do it. I don't know. I don't know how you would. <sighs> That would unless, be... unless you're in a hard side shack, maybe. Yeah, if you're in a shack, yeah, that'd be the only way. Uh, if you were out in the cold trying to fish braid on your inline yep. free fall reel, that would be just a 100% disaster. I mean, that gets any little bit of water up in the mechanism. Oh, it's going to get all the water up in the mechanism. That whole thing's going to freeze yep. up. Yep. Because that water wicks back up with the braid as it comes in, where yep. it wicks off with the other two types of line as, no, they, just as it reeled in. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Oh gosh! No, you don't. It's not, not. I don't know how. It's just you don't do it. I don't know. Maybe we're running <laughs> tests this year. I still got some of that ice tech. I mean, the second I say this, we're going to get ten comments. Yeah. Uh, this week, how next awesome week, being is. like, yeah, I use braid for everything. It's great. Catches everything. Man, I don't see how you can do it unless it's consistently above freezing. When you're just a total fair weather fisherman. Yeah. yeah. 
and we are definitely not. We'll be out there and the well, you just got negatives. Go, we just go and we can. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And we just need line that's not going to freeze up. On yep. Us. Exactly. And the crazy part about braid too, it'll like make droplets that'll run down mm-hmm. and just like icicles, like you said, just the craziest stuff. Yep. And you're busting apart, cranking it up. and Yeah. Where, yeah, with the other types of line, it's just, it'll freeze right at the hole where yeah. it's constantly wet right there. Yep. But. Nothing else will freeze up. Yeah, and you bu- you bust that off on your first eyelet, reeling yep. it up, no problem. Yep. Well, usually, or it plugs up into the eyelet, one or mm-hmm. the other. Yep. But. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But your ice defense deal really helps keep that oh, yeah. thought Maybe off. those are the ice defense guys that are just all about the braid. No, because it's still freezing <laughs> up keeping, out of the water. Keeping that warm water rolling yeah. across it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I made some modifications to that the other day. I did, did find you? a little T fitting that'll come up oh, yeah. off that. I run some fuel line off it. I'm surprised you just haven't gone and just bought one. I'm I'm in it now. You're into I got your six dollar aquarium pump and yeah. five bucks in PVC parts. So dude, that is a pretty sweet little deal you put yeah, together. I'll try it out. I do I wanna f- determine uh, the buoyancy of it. If I need to put some foam in it to kind of keep it floating, yeah, you know, Make down it in neutral. the hole. Yeah. Or if I just sink it down a little bit. I know it needs a little flotation though. Yeah. But huh. Maybe do a little spray foam or something. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, we'll try it out this year because, man, I know it worked. Oh, yeah. It was a makeshift kind of deal last year, but yep. it definitely kept the water moving, rolling through your hole. Nice. I don't think it's going to, like, melt your hole out or anything. But hmm. Who knows? Yep. Maybe someday we'll get on the ice. Yeah, I'm just depressed about I it. Know. <laughs> you, I mean, usually we're... We're sitting in the shelter just recording, having a good time, actually catching fish. Uh, not usually this early anyways, but it's at least usually start getting some real cold yeah. temperatures. Shoot, it didn't even frost last night. Nope. There wasn't any frost like on the ground. like a little rain that didn't even freeze. Yeah. So, that sucks. Yep. Well, we'll get there. Yep. Eventually. Cool. Well, guys, keep uh, keep listening in with us every week. We appreciate all the all the downloads and views on, on YouTube, Yep. on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, I checked the other day. We're now on Pandora. Oh, sweet. Uh, which they were supposed to email me and let me know we were going to be on there, but... Probably went to your spam. Yeah, I just checked, and there we were. So Pandora, we had to prove that we we're legit that we're real. in order to get on, so... That we're not robots? We're not robots. We're yep. on Amazon Music. That was the other one that was yep. a little different. Yeah, we're getting getting around, sweet. so that's good. But yeah, still everybody listens on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that's it's right. Like over 50%. From. Yeah. All of our listeners, so... Most of our, almost all our YouTube videos come... Or all our YouTube views come from Facebook. Mostly yep. is where they're coming from. Yep. But, yep. Yep, that's cool. People are out there listening and, and watching, and we appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's awesome. Well, we'll catch you next time on The Short Rod Show.